I'm gonna trick former guest Ben into making us a theme song. That's it. Okay. Better, closer, warmer. Uh, all modern art is communistic. I want to be the first man to nut in space. Fuck you. Fuck off. Where are we finding it? Why can't we Better, find it? Closer, Why do you guys warmer. keep saying all this change? We're playing Fortnite. Let's have fun. We need to get to that post-World War II mentality where Better, closer, no one in the warmer. world is going to Twitch and typing in climate first. Don't tweet us about how our stuff's inaccurate. At this point, I don't think the N-word tape would change anything. The piss tape might. From New Orleans to New York. It's the Alienos Podcast, baby. Dude, that was TNT. Welcome back to the Alienos Podcast. I am Smith. I'm Zeth. Oh. <laughs> yep. Alright, so you're you're truthless now? We can't believe you say? Yeah, you can't. Well, you should know that from the beginning. But yeah, right, yeah. now I'm truly the truthless. As far as rushing all white. So you're bald now. I kind of am. I'm, yeah. I'm, I am wearing white, and I'm more bald than I've pretty much ever been in my life. So, oh uh, yeah, I see. I know you. You got that that uh, uh, Nathan Fielder like uh, early gray thing hey, going come on. Come on, so. I don't have it as bad as Nathan. Come on, man, don't dox me. I, mean, my I, God. I didn't. I didn't say it was that bad. I said you're, you're gonna, you got anything going on. You're doxing me though. Come on. How is that doxing you? I don't know. I don't like it. <laughs> Oh, I don't like it. Yeah, that's doxing. That dude, that dude, it makes it work though. He has, a, he has a cool look going on. Yeah, but Nathan has a a lot of talents that most people don't have. So oh, yeah, that's true. I don't know. People, people, people dig the silver fox thing, don't they? I gotta say, people who don't know anything about the Stormlight Archive or Nathan Fielder are confused right now. Yeah. It reminds me of, of that, that meme, uh, or not meme, I guess, but music video where they combined uh, Tenacious D, uh, the greatest song in the world, with that, that song from Evangelion and mixed the two the stories together, actually. Yeah. And I'm like, this is a banger song, but to explain it to somebody, they need to have two very specific frames of reference to understand why it's so good. Yeah. It's like, okay, I have this really cool thing to show you, but beforehand, you gotta go watch one movie, listen to a couple albums, and then watch a whole anime. But then it's yeah. really gonna hit you. Yeah, you're gonna love this. Yeah. In case you haven't figured it out, everyone, Marcus is not with us today. We are uh, going through a drought again. Yep, I think he's probably out beating the street for a new apartment, which he's been trying to do. So, Seth, Seth I want to talk to you about real quick about our impending doom. Mm-hmm. Uh, the IPCC report came out today. Well, I think it's the third part of a five part report that's been coming out for the past couple of years. About global warming, uh, climate change, as we call it today, and how things are how things are going, and it turns out they're not going well. Yeah. And the 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 report's basic conclusion is we fucked. Yeah. It's and been a lot of general people are doing for a while, I'd say. <laughs> yeah, a lot of folks are doom and gloom today. But if you were paying attention to previous reports, you pretty much knew that we we didn't change anything, and we're not going to change anything. So you pretty much know it's all going to be bad from here on out, and just keep getting worse. Yeah, and people wonder why uh, Bezos and these other guys are trying to go to space. They're not trying to save our planet. They're trying to get one for themselves. It's like, um, I think they said that we're pretty much guaranteed locked in plus one and a half degrees Celsius by 2040 at this point. So there's like no going back from that. 
and it would take last ditch massive changes to how everything works to prevent plus three degrees Celsius by 2100. And the most of those changes would have to be done by corporations who have no actual incentive. Well, the thing is, if you're a smart person, you understand the corporations have huge incentives to make changes because they need people to be alive to buy their products. Mm. But also... The fact that it's not going to make them money right now means they essentially have zero incentive to do anything about it. Yeah, the the focus on short term profits means they don't care, and and most of them think they'll be they're, they're gonna they're gonna find some wonder tech that'll that'll solve this for us. Or Elon Musk or whatever will fucking think up a solution to this problem. It's not happening. There's no real way to 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 come back from this. Yeah, I do think there's a lot of people who think we're living in like the beginning of some kind of cool thriller where at the very end the I don't know sexy climate scientist finds a way to push a button and they'll make the world go back to normal and I just I just yeah. think people really have that idea in their head and it's it's sad that people won't uh, open their eyes a little bit we're like in a fucking a Neil Stevenson novel or some shit what yeah. we're actually living in is the movie 2012 with John Cusack where at the end of that movie the world fucking ends except for some rich people in their arcs Yep. That's what we're living in and right now. And that's what I'm saying. That's what these guys, that's all these spaceships, all these private space programs, that's the arcs right there. Yeah. That's what it is. But we can, we can remain secure in the knowledge they won't make it. Because living in space, living in space would actually be much harder than living on our climate change, change ravaged world. It would be easier to build yourself like a, a bunker here than to try and go into space by yeah. order of magnitude. That's something that, gives me solace is that when we all burn and perish and they get their spaceships up into onto mars they're gonna land and they're gonna be hella miserable for the about 45 minutes they're allowed to live there (laughs) yeah there's really no there's no sustainable way to live in outer space uh and even less so on another planet and they're not going to solve it I mean, if, if this planet is in trouble, it's all fucked. There yeah. is no other, there's no, there's no lifeline out there for you. Yeah, you have to find another planet and make it inhabitable within about 10 years to not be screwed. Mm. Or, or you would need some way, that if tomorrow they invented some way, well, no, no, there's no, no. You do invent like 7,000 technologies all at once to save, to save us in space. So the, the, they should focus here on Earth. And solving these problems, but that's not grandiose enough. That's too boring. Their ego isn't isn't swayed by planting trees and figuring out carbon capture. That's not happening. Yeah. No one's no one's getting their dick hard for building fucking solar plants and, and nuclear reactors. You know, no no one cares about that. So we yeah, the IPCC basically said. I mean, okay, it's not like humans are going to be extinct in 2100 it's more like human civilization is going to look very different yeah uh or the other alternative is world war three wipes us all out and we, we fucking bomb ourselves to death but that would not be technically the planet's fault none of the planet's yeah. fault really this is all our fault yeah i do love that there's the two ticking time bombs are is the environment gonna kill us or are we gonna kill us and you kind of yeah. just get to sit back and find out which one's gonna happen first because you got coronavirus right now, and you got the got climate change, and there's yeah. two arms of that. And you've got the coronavirus variants, um, yep. people don't take seriously at all, um, and that's bad. <laughs> I mean, it's yeah. I think every I think I think at this point they said every state now has a rise in COVID cases, yep. another spike in COVID cases. So uh, yeah, but people people just don't care enough 
So I don't know. Because like we, we talked about it last week with Marcus is like, even though we didn't do a real lockdown, that was our lockdown. And we're not getting another one. The next lockdown will be because society has collapsed. That will be yeah. when we have our next lockdown. Yeah, I saw a report today that said that if you were going to try and fight coronavirus with just vaccinations, nothing else, no masking, no social distancing, you would need to vaccinate more than 100% of the population, which is not possible. Of course. Yeah, it is generally so, impossible to do more than 100% to people. Question for you, Seth. How are you feeling about the idea of lying to get yourself a third uh, shot of the mRNA vaccine? I mean, I wouldn't do it. And I don't know how effective it'll be. Because I do know they want everyone to get boosters eventually, which I assume yeah. at that point you won't have to lie about it. Um, so, yeah, I'm just like, I don't think I need to lie. I mean, I live a, I live a very socially distanced, masked lifestyle. So, um, but yeah, I think that's, I think that's very funny. It's, it's almost as funny as people who are trying to fake being vaccinated. How they're, yeah. they're trying to make fake like vaccine cards and stuff so they can travel and all this and i'm like it's not that it's not that serious just get vaccinated or just don't do stuff like these are the rules yeah. the whole the whole the whole the big joke people make is like the same people who like will fake their vaccine cards are the ones who get mad if you like fake your work documents if you're an illegal immigrant it's like you're right. they're not doing anything different than you are you can't be mad right. about this like it's just so funny this weird dichotomy people have in their head of what is what's liberty? What's justice? What's freedom? And it's just whatever they think is right. Oh yeah. And the thing is, you start from. It's like how we talked about last week with the the turfs trying to claim Terry Pratchett is on their side or would have been on their side. It's you start with your conclusion, and then you make the 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 your evidence fit what you want it to say. You don't. You're not even trying exactly. to like analyze anything because the, their rationale is I like the book Good Omens. But I also hate trans people. But Neil Gaiman likes trans people, so now I have an avenue into what is my ultimate conclusion about a man who is dead. Famously. Right, yeah. It's just weird. If you, were, if, if you were strong, you would accept the things that you like, or sometimes maybe people that you don't like. Exactly. You know? I have to do that a lot. Yeah, all the time, in fact. Um... But I did hear something that keeps getting me, Seth. And this is such a specific thing to our area, I think, of where we live. Mm-hmm. Are the, the, the fucking religious freaks who mm-hmm. are like, we're not going to put the vaccine in our bodies. It's, a, it's, it's the devil or whatever. And I just, I mean, again, I know I'm, I'm trying to reason with someone who has had their conclusions and forcing their evidence to fit what they wanted to say. But it's so weird to me that there was a time in this, in this country where vaccines were touted as a religious thing of like, you know, God gave us science and we have bent it to our will to create a way to save our lives. And so this is a gift, you know, from, from, you know, from heaven, essentially. I just wonder, when did that shift happen? You know, when did that change occur? I don't know. I can't, I can't pinpoint an exact time, but I know that Trump didn't help. No. I'm going to say that. I I got to say, I was... One of the most shocking things about Trump's popularity was his popularity among, like, Christians. Mm-hmm. I was just very confused. I mean, once again, it doesn't, it doesn't actually confuse me because I, you know, we grew up around Christians and we're in a very predominantly Christian place. Um, it doesn't surprise me at all because they're, you know, the, at least the ones we've had experience with. 
not actually very good people. They just no. like to pretend they are. And that's why Trump just lines up with the stuff they believe. Um, but I do think there were, there's a group of religious people who, you know, for better or worse, were pretty quiet about how stupid and ignorant and hate, hateful they actually were. And then Trump was just kind of like, oh, no, you can still do that. And uh, it's fine. God, God will be fine with it. And they're like, oh, okay, cool. And I think that's just what's activated this this weird part of the population now. Yeah. Here's a question for you, Seth. Mm-hmm. Do you think if right now, if Trump were president, yep. would the coronavirus situation be better or worse? Worse. Not by much. But I do think I do think I only the only like one or two percent increase would be from the Trump specific rallies which there are still trump specific rallies but i think that trump being president would make a couple more of those so i actually think it'd be better under trump interesting why not because of anything that he did but because when he was president the media used covid to bash him constantly and they deservedly so not saying that he didn't have it coming like he clearly did deserve the media to be to be shitting on him over covid and I feel like if he was still president, all these blue state motherfuckers would be saying, we can't listen to the federal government. They don't know what the fuck they're doing. But now that Biden is president and saying it's fine, they got to agree with Biden so they're not going to do anything. They're going to they're go along with it. And the red staters are saying, open her up too, because we've all been saying that. You know, we don't give a shit. So I feel like if, if Trump were still president, there would still be some states who would try to fight back against him out of spite. And maybe we could be doing this a little bit better in some places. Yeah. Like we, we've discussed a little bit, there's like a dangerous, dangerous complacency that Biden's presidency has created. And it's it's one of those things where I'm like, am I the one taking crazy pills? Because it's completely unwarranted that we that anybody should think that the world is a better place because Biden is president. It is so crazy to me. Yeah. And the problem is, this is the problem I run into all the time, is if I'm ever like talking to people um, who are okay talking about politics and stuff, I, it's weird that you're not even allowed to say you hate Biden because then they immediately think you like Trump. So then you have to, right. every time you say something, you have to back it up 10 times and say, oh, but I'm not this person, but I hate this person. And it's just, it's fucking exhausting. That you can't just be like, guess what? I hate every one of these motherfuckers. I don't think mm-hmm. any of them is doing it right. It's just so hard. That's why I just go, I'm a communist. And that pretty much generally shuts down anybody from being like, well, who do you like, Trump? It's like, no. I'm just, yeah. It's like, I feel like if, I'm you can, side. if you can slip the phrase means of production into a conversation, people are like, oh, okay. I know what this guy's about. And they kind of like, yeah. we'll, we'll go along with it for a bit. Yeah. Um, it is funny that I saw a quote from Biden saying that we should not let the current spike of coronavirus cases uh, detract from, from previous victories. And we will triumph over de- over the Delta variant like we beat COVID-19. I'm like, did we beat COVID-19? Yeah, we still have not beaten COVID-19. It's it's round eight. And it, might have, it took some punches, but it's still there. And it's got backup. This is now, yeah. it has turned a boxing match into a WWE match because its friends are coming in with steel chairs. Yeah. So. Delta and Lambda. Exactly. It, it's rough out there, man. And it's just like, I, this arrogance they have. Like, if Trump had said that, if Trump had said we beat COVID-19, they would be freaking the fuck out right now saying, what the fuck are you talking about? Look how bad it still is. But because Biden said it, 
We, it's just like I know crickets. It is the app. It is what I'm saying. It is the crazy pill scenario. I'm I'm just sitting here like this guy isn't doing anything. He's doing the same stuff. He's doing a lot of stuff that's honestly worse. And we haven't had a competent president in maybe the history of our nation. Yeah, <laughs> I'm getting to the point now where I'm like, has anybody ever done this right? I get yeah. It's it's. But I will say this: this is not something Biden has done. But the the but Congress has finally done one good thing, and they are going to kill cryptocurrency in America. Yes, and oh man, is it a an attack on liberty? Yes. Let me tell you, this is when people are finally grandstanding. They don't care about COVID or you know anything going on in in like foreign relations, climate change, climate change. Matter, no. They are like, which cryptocurrency is not helping at all. They're like, True. do not take my crypto mining farm from me, <laughs> please, Mister 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 Government. I saw Ted Cruz lamenting that the Cruz Amendment will not be in there to to, to, to help cryptocurrency out again and get rid of that bad, bad uh, stuff. Because he want that's because he's trying to pump Cruz coin. He's trying to make sure that Cruz coin hits the roof. Zodiac coin. Yeah. Um. I was just looking at this. I was like, God damn, Ted Cruz would be one of those fuckers, wouldn't he? That would be in a cryptocurrency. Yeah. He probably has, like, a nephew who, like, does all the buying and stuff for him because <laughs> he doesn't know how to use the app. Yeah. But, yeah, he just, he just reads some tweets every once in a while and knows what's going up and down. When he came back from that break with the beard, that's when I pretty much knew this guy's a goony motherfucker right here. He, he'd probably be into this shit. And Jack, the guy that runs Twitter, just put out a tweet saying that Bitcoin would, would unite a deeply divided nation and then world. What does that mean? <laughs> yeah. What do you think Bitcoin is? What What does this guy think that Bitcoin is? How on earth would a quote-unquote decentralized currency do to unite the world? It's, first of all, even if it was decentralized, it's decentralized. We want to re-centralize the world. We can't have all this decentralized crap. Come on. Um, that is hilarious. <laughs> so funny. What? That's like saying the stock market will unite the world. <laughs> what do you mean, idiot? Which, it technically does in a way, not in a positive way. That's true. That's true. It is a very <laughs> negative force in our lives. How would Bitcoin bind us together? Oh, we all use like one currency or some shit. Every currency is exchangeable. It, it, there's exchange rates and shit. It all fucking flows no matter what, right? If I want to buy some shit from Canada, they accept US dollars, okay? It doesn't change anything. I don't understand how this, this currency that's supposed to be tra transcends... I keep hearing so much about the fucking blockchain. The blockchain, this, the blockchain, that. The blockchain will, will solve, solve this problem. When will it solve a problem? Do you want me to tell you something that no one will tell you? The blockchain <laughs> is absolutely made up. <laughs> I work, I'm a software developer. One of the first things I ever had to do once I graduated college was work at a company, and they wanted me and two other guys to do a presentation about blockchain and what it can offer the company, and we found out that it cannot do anything because it's not real. <laughs> we found out that it is co completely made up. Yeah? It is 
seriously, if you look it up, all the the most the thing you hear the most is it is next level future tech that's going to solve so many problems. But then you look at implementing it, and they're like, don't no, that don't worry about that. Implementing, we got it. We have a blockchain. Don't don't try and solve it or anything. We we know how it works. And yeah, it doesn't do anything. The blockchain, even if even if it is real, which it's not, uh, does absolutely nothing. And it's another thing. It's it's like it's just one of those buzzwords that people just throw out, and most people don't understand it. People who understand it don't understand it, and we're all just. It's like freaking Biden is president. We're supposed to accept, we're supposed to think that it's a thing that's that's good for some reason. Yeah. Even though it doesn't do anything. Isn't it just a, a record, like a ledger of when things happened? Yeah, it's a freaking immutable ledger that yeah, this tracks events and at the end of the, I, I looked into it sincerely and I was like at the end of the day I honestly think that for 99.99% of things just having a simple database and regu- just regular event-based calls is way better than whatever they think blockchain is. I It doesn't make any sense. Yeah. I, I feel like I'm in freaking Ready Player One, and I'm, I, there's like some Easter egg that, that, that we can't find. But it, it makes no sense. I'm like, you guys are crazy if you honestly think that this is, this is real. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe I'm dumb. But I looked into it, and one of the guys, he was much smarter than me. He looked into it, and even he was like, I, I, don't, I don't have this. I don't know what this is. So, yeah, it's completely made up. I, I once saw a guy on Twitter being like, he was some Bitcoin guy, and he was like, can we not use the blockchain to solve, uh, to solve climate change? No. But he didn't have any... Follow up of how that would happen or what it would do to solve climate change. Yeah. He didn't. He didn't. He just said, "Hey, someone tell me how to do it with the blockchain." Yeah. And no one knew. No one else knew either. They just said, "Yeah, great idea." Yep. Cool. Put put blockchain on it. That's like one of those things. It's like when you work. If you work in tech in the modern day, people you hear the word blockchain and you're like, "Kill me," because companies yeah. just want to say that they use the blockchain. That's all they want. Like, oh yeah, we use blockchain for this. Um, why? What do you need it for? I don't know. However, I would like to uh, dip into a new segment that I like to call um, unsolicited uh, crypto advice. Oh boy! I have a. Um, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna dox anybody here. But I have a, a a person who I used to live with who is really into cryptocurrency and yeah. randomly sends me messages that I don't respond to um, because I don't not into crypto. But I'll give everyone listening this piece of advice. If you want to make one million dollars in twenty twenty five, in twenty twenty five, you gotta buy right now buy twenty five Zcash for three thousand dollars, sit on it, sell it in twenty five, twenty twenty five, and you'll make a you will make guaranteed sure thing one million dollars. Wow! So this is a stone cold lock of the century yeah. of the week, huh? All you gotta do right now is have three thousand dollars extra. Spend it on something that doesn't right. exist, and then wait four years. Now, last I checked, so I have three thousand dollars eighty three thousand eighty one dollars in my bank account. So, so you technically could do this. All if you I got, could stretch that eighty one dollars yeah. out. All you got to do is buy something called Zcash. Zcash. Yeah, that sounds that sounds like a like a cash shop currency in a fucking free to play MMO. 
It kind of does. Um, I went to their Zcash. website, and it just looks. I don't know. It it doesn't. It has the word vision on the website. Ooh. So, um, and yeah, apparently it's like a thing. But uh, I, uh, yeah, that's my advice. <laughs> now I cannot back up with any kind of facts, but three thousand dollars today in Zcash make you a million dollars in twenty twenty five. No doubt. This seems like a very basic website. Yeah, you know, a lot of websites are sanitized these days. You know, make it something very simple and get out of there. Wow, Zcash is the HTTPS of blockchains. Boy, that's a sentence that people can understand. Yeah, that is bullshit. I mean, <laughs> if I read a sentence like that, I already know that they have no idea what they're talking about. Zcash was the first project to implement ZK-SNARKs, a novel form of zero-knowledge cryptography. Boy, that describes me very well. So zero-knowledge? It was the first to implement something that they definitely invented. Yeah, uh-huh. Um, and it, and it, after a trust it, even though it uses something called zero-knowledge? No, thank yep. you. I am the one with zero-knowledge. I want the person I'm buying something from to have 100-knowledge. Mm-hmm. Or what? What's the highest knowledge or intelligence you can have in uh, whatever RPG you play? Omniscience. Oh, uh, highest there is no. I mean, five mega intelligence and an aberrant, I suppose, which would make you basically god. Wow. Uh, I'm looking at this thing, and you know, you know, it's reputable. At the very top of the page, there's a way to send someone Zcash, no questions asked. No question. You just put in an address and a name, and you put in however much you want to give them, and then it's done. Zcash is powered by Gemini. I don't know what that is. Yeah. Who knows? It's an astrological sign. It's probably that thing from the end of Community where it's like, Project Gemini. <laughs> okay, so there's a second a, a website with the exact same layout called Electric Coin Company, which is, I just, a more, it's just Zcash. It just it links to Zcash again. Yeah. Like, visit Z.cash. Wow, hey Seth, it says Zcash is built on vanguard science. Man, don't you, that's the thing about all these cryptocurrencies, is it's a rabbit hole of, you're like, oh, I'm interested in Zcash? Oh, they use Gemini. Oh, they use Vanguard. Oh, they use Artemis Tech. Oh, Artemis Tech is built on cold cash. And then, oh, cold cash? And then you're just like, what the hell? Where am I at anymore? I thought I was trying to buy a currency. It reminds me of the fact that, like, when you want to try something really that far ahead in the past, you would say cutting edge. And then it was bleeding edge. Yeah. And now we're at vanguard science. It's we true. are so far ahead. <laughs> wow, listen to this, Seth. Our vision for Zcash is it will provide equal access to economic systems and give everyone the ability to participate in economic activity. How is that different from the U.S. dollar? Exactly. Or the Japanese yen. Or Canadian moose, moose bucks. I don't think yeah. he's up there. Or like Star Wars action figures. Like, how is it right. different? <laughs> I don't understand. I'm like you, said. I feel like maybe, maybe I'm too stupid to get it at some point, but I just don't understand how, how what economic activity can I do with Zcash that I could not do with a $100 bill? Yeah. You know? And how will it save the world? That's also a good question. I, this is dumb. And I feel, I feel dumber for having looked at it. But, uh, so yeah, but luckily for us, crypto will be probably dead soon in America. Oh, yeah, we didn't even talk about the actual subject. Right, yeah. 
which is the bill has been signed, and basically it's going to make you start paying taxes and, and tracking your 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 whole what do you call it uh, uh, wallets, I guess, or your transactions, and yeah. people are freaking the fuck out because that defeats the whole purpose of cryptocurrency. Yeah. yeah, I saw one tweet that was like, "Oh, the the um the U.S. is doing this because they think that um." cryptocurrency is full of tax avoiders and then in parentheses they're like it's not and i'm like one it is right two i don't care honestly (laughs) um and oh my god what was my other and three i'm just like the u.s has never stopped people from cheating on their taxes the, right. the, we wouldn't have these incredible success stories of people who have billions of dollars if they had actually had to fucking pay taxes. They don't give a mm-hmm. shit if you pay taxes. That's not even what they're in the business of. Right. So this weird thing that um, that it, it doesn't affect them. Plus, so many of these billionaires do put money into cryptocurrency because it's another way to avoid all the shit they don't want to mess with. Mm-hmm. So, but that's why that is not even the reason that they're trying to ban cryptocurrency. They're just trying to make it more reportable, and they're trying to, <clears throat> I don't know, make it less, you know, the, the decentralized thing it's supposed to be. They're just trying to be like, okay, have your decentralized currency, but also we got, we got to know about it because you can't, right. just, you can't just go unmonitored forever. I just, I just would like affordable uh, graphic cards again. That's all we're asking for, really. I know. I do want to read this real quick. This is from a, a Twitter person named Eric, who's, I'm going to say it, his handle is at Wheat Pond. Says, this is the first tweet of a several long chain. Which says, I'm emotionally a mess about this latest attack on crypto by the USG, which is US government. And most poor people don't understand why. Because the motives around the Holocaust are poorly understood by 99% of Americans. You gotta admit, this person went for the dramatics. I did not know where that tweet was going. Yeah. He then goes on to claim that racism and anti-Semitism were not, in fact, the cause of the Holocaust. Okay, what, what was... Was cryptocurrency the cause? I'm confused. Yeah, they, they were trading Bitcoin. No, it was that they thought the Jews had all the money. Right? Okay, sure. They did. That was a, that was a myth that Germans had. But there's an important part of that. It's that the Jews had the money. Yeah. It wasn't just those random guys over there had the money. Exactly. There was a specific kind of person. Yeah. I gotta say, the the bastardization of the Holocaust has been one of the worst things that come out of the 21st century. Yeah. <laughs> because people will just, now, especially these days, people will just throw it out for anything. They're just like, oh, they wouldn't let me into Chipotle because I wasn't wearing a mask. This is worse than the Holocaust. Here's why. And they write a hundred thousand words about it. And I'm just, mm-hmm. oh my god. But yeah, cryptocurrency, freaking the crypto miners and the people who trade it, they're not some marginalized group. You're you're there's nothing that combines there's nothing that binds you all together except for your insane love for something that doesn't exist. Um it's it's just like, you know, going to like a Lord of the Rings convention. Hot Sude Miku fans. Exactly. Sorry. It's just like a a comic book convention or anything. It's just a bunch of fictional stuff and these people are very passionate about it. And hey, nothing yeah. wrong with being passionate, but this is the these are the consequences of your actions. There's never been a pogrom against cryptocurrency enthusiasts. Yeah, 
It doesn't the the conditions are not even close to the same. I can't even I can't even ma- like so. If we were talking about earlier about uh, about let's think about the, the mindset of a sexual harassing harassment person. Yeah. Like like Blizzard or Activision Blizzard. I can, that's alien to me as much as the idea that I should compare my electronic hobby to being part of a group that was killed in the Holocaust. Yeah. I'm gonna go ahead and say this right now. I can 110 percent bet that I will. Never in my life experienced something that is even one percent comparable to the Holocaust. But some uh, people out there really believe that their their most minor inconveniences are worse somehow. And I'm I just the, or, like you said, the fact that you can actually think that in your head is beyond yeah. me. Or that they, it's or it's like they think that this is this is the road to the Holocaust. We're heading there. This is the the first step down that path. And I'm like, I yeah. assure you, it is not. Yeah, and there's all these groups that are coming together for it. There's the freaking, there's the QAnon, there's these cryptos, there's a Venn diagram there for sure. Oh, um, yeah. You know, there's the cashless society people. There's, I mean, there, there's anti-vaxxers. There's like all these different circles that are coming together who really think that th- the world is against them. That they mm. don't have some immense amount of privilege, and that everyone's out to get them. And it is hilarious it's just bizarre to me that people can that, this is how you go through life and the funny thing though is that if you are like us you're on the left and you have a vision of history you also sound like a conspiracy theorist but we're right it's like yeah this this guy was saying about the cia and people are like you're a fucking crazy person like no they admitted to it you know right i can show you the documents where it was admitted to they killed patrice lumumba or whatever and it's like okay so what what do you think? You think the Bush did 9-11? I mean, sort of. We could point to some things there, too, where he he let it happen at the very least. Yep. So I just, like, it, you sound like a crazy person, too. Everyone sounds crazy these days. And the, the one group who doesn't sound crazy, by the way, are the liberals. Because they maintain their control over the media sphere of everything so that, that their, their viewpoint remains the sane, rational one. But the world does not conform to what they think it is. Yeah. It's this Saturday Night Live culture, man. Oh my god, yes, so much. And the but the, and the thing is, is that that's becoming harder and harder to defend. People are looking around and saying, like, well, you're saying this. Like, some people at least are looking at Biden to saying about COVID and saying that does not match up to what I see with my eyes happening in the world. It's like the thing with Obama. Like, we're recovering from the 08 crash. You know, we're like we're, we're getting out of that. People can look around and they can see that was not happening. So they're like, oh, but Trump is saying that shit's fucked. So let's vote for that guy. It's like the same thing is happening now. People are finally starting to look outside the media, the liberal media's like like stranglehold, and saying that this, this is not true, and looking for alternative answers. And the scary part is a lot of them are ending up in like QAnon and anti-vaxxers and shit like that instead of going to where they should be, which is you know where we we understand the truth. Exactly. That's another thing you can't like if you if I'm in a conversation with someone and I'm like, yeah, the the stupid liberal media, they're like, what it, what oh what does this guy believe? I'm like, no no right. no, you have to understand. Once again, I think that it's all shit and i'm on the left of all this stuff it's just so it's i every time i have a conversation politically with someone i have to tip tiptoe around it for 20 minutes before i can make a point yeah um i just own it and i'm just just like i just own it at this point i'm like yeah they're all fucking liars and cheaters and shit yeah but you're right it is hard people will assume a lot about you if you if you understand the actual definition of terms like liberal and conservative they get very spooked when you start using them correctly yeah um, 
And there's a lot of people out there who honestly just don't even know that there really is something more left than liberals. They just don't even know. They're just like, wait, yeah. there's something more? And I'm like, yeah, they're not even, they're not even left. Oh my God, Seth, we got to talk about real quick about our girl, Marjorie Taylor Greene. Your, your girl. I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't claim her. We'll get to Madison Cawthorn at some point. Oh no. <laughs> Uh, but don't. MTG out here, Magic the Gathering, talking about you see her little discussion with Matt Gatz uh, about um, corporate communism, as she calls it. No, she was out here saying that all these big corporations come in and they take over everything and they drive all the independent and small businesses out and they institute their their corporate communism by saying you got to wear a mask or you can't say shit on Twitter. And I'm like. It's just so, dude. I laughed so hard. Yeah, um, that is crazy, and it's funny. I just googled her to see if I could find out something real quick, and it's apparently she is in she's in Alabama cheering on the low vaccination rate. <laughs> she's at a rally on a stage, and she's like, "Good job for not getting vaccinated, everyone." I just. How does this happen? I, I, I mean, I understand why. I get it. But even when even when sometimes you know the answer to a question, you still cannot believe that it's even a question you had to ask. You know? Like, the, the polarization of this country, because the failing middle can't hold things together, has driven people this far away. The refusal to acknowledge the material reality of the world we live in has driven people to extremes. To where you get people like me who are like, Stalin had some good points, and then you get some people who are just like, Hitler was okay or whatever, and also science is fake. And uh, magic comes out of rocks or some shit, you know, this is how it all works. And it blows your mind! Like, DeSantis yeah. in Florida just said that if any school superintendent enforces a mask mandate at their school, they're going to withhold their pay. Yeah. What's the fucking point? Why? Florida is a hell. It's a hell. Um, and I know that Daily Show bullshit, you know, pointing out hypocrisy or whatever... But I just want to, it's just so funny that the party, the, the Republicans, the party of small, limited local government is enforcing draconian measures on people from the state level. Yeah. Is that not funny to you a little bit? <clears throat> yeah. And it's like you said, it, it's the most infuriating thing is that you can point out hypocrisy all you want, but it doesn't matter. They mm -hmm. don't care. What, what, once again, what is right for them is whatever they've most recently said. That is yep. what is the true, the truth. That that is what's morally right. Um, I do want to quickly mention, um, just because I saw a funny comment about him, a guy we don't talk about much on this show because he's like he's like the dollar store Ben Shapiro, uh, Charlie Kirk. Yeah. He recently had a little tirade against uh, Simone Biles, the Olympic gymnast who uh, from America, who's like maybe the best gymnast of all time, who dropped uh -huh. out of the the women's uh, solo finals because of like mental health stuff. Right, yeah. He went on a tirade on his podcast and called he literally he called her and I'm not even making this up, he called her a selfish sociopath for wow. not competing in the finals of the Olympics. And he was like and he's like, Guess what? She dropped out. We could have had a gold medal. You know who got it? Russia. I had to look at that four foot eleven Russian person get a gold medal. And I'm like, What is wrong with this man? Those are the exact him. words. Um 
But I did see someone who made the most incredible comment about Charlie Kirk, and it said that he that they call him Charlie. My face gets smaller every time someone cashes a welfare check, Kirk. Yeah. And yeah, I thought that was good. hilarious because he has the smallest face of any man I've ever seen in my life. Yeah. He has a wide head, small face. It's a bad combination. It's not great. It looks like someone photoshopped his face he's smaller than it actually is, but yeah. it's his real face. But I just find it so funny that that a guy who hosts a, like I said, dollar store Ben Shapiro conservative podcast is calling one of the greatest athletes of all time a selfish sociopath for not competing in the women's Olympics finals. So they actually have a hot take about a Simone Biles <clears throat> situation. Uh-oh. Uh, and, and here's my take. If you care, fuck you. She yep. can do whatever the fuck she wants. Yeah. Oh, America didn't win a gold medal? If you give a shit about America winning a gold medal, you, you're stupid and you suck. You you have nothing going on in your life if you give yeah. a shit about going to the Olympics. I'm sorry. The fact that America got more shiny pieces of metal than other countries, who gives a shit? There are so many larger problems to worry about. Yeah. Um, the fact that we had an Olympics uh, despite yeah. COVID... Um, and yeah, just the fact that she's one of the greatest athletes of all time. So just shut the fuck up. It does not yeah. what, what she does with her personal life does not affect you at all. And if you're Charlie Kirk, you have bigger things to worry about. Mostly your tiny face. Think <laughs> 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 small things to worry about. Think about it. That's true. Um, but yeah, it's like I've never heard anything bad about Simone Biles. She's apparently just one of the greatest gymnasts ever live, and she's incredible. And she missed one event. Big fucking whoop! Who gave, Who fucking gives a shit? Yeah. Why and is it a problem funny, for you? It's so funny that she dropped out because she said she was having problems with her mental health, and then people immediately attack her and probably make her mental health way worse. It's like, yeah, what? People just can't take a hint, I guess. I just, so, yeah. yeah, I saw that, and it was, and I saw that was happening across political spectrum too. Like liberals weren't attacking her; they're like, "We're disappointed." You know, we're, it's so sad that she she couldn't tough it out for America. And I'm like, I'm like, here's the thing. This takes me back to Falcon and the fucking Winter Soldier. Uh-oh. It, you, you should be glad that any black person wants to do anything for this fucking country after the history of what's happened to, the, to them in this country. They will give a single shit about anything we have to do. By the way, I realized that the other day I made a comment on here that the Falcon and the Winter Soldier... <clears throat> That the Falcon and the Winter Soldier is the worst thing Disney's ever made, including their anti-Semitic and anti-Japanese cartoons. But Uh I did forget about one other thing they made, and I want to get your opinion. What would you rather watch right now? The Falcon and the Winter Soldier or uh, The Rise of Skywalker? Oh, I thought you were going to say Song of the South. Um... No, clearly it's clearly better than those two. (laughs) Oh, man. Jeez, Seth. I would watch Rise of Skywalker because it'd be done faster. At least it would be over sooner. If it looped around though to the full like eight hour runtime of Falcon and the Winter Soldier, I would watch Falcon and the Winter Soldier because okay, so you just have to watch three episodes of Falcon, the last three episodes of Falcon and Winter Soldier or Rise of Skywalker. Ooh, Ooh. and I can't sleep. (laughs) You cannot sleep. (laughs) Cannot sleep through it. Damn. And you can't kill yourself either. (laughs) Already, already tried that answer. I'm trapped in this horrible limbo. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I guess I'm gonna I'm gonna go with Falcon and Winter. I think I would Soldier. too. I actually think Rise of Skywalker's worse. So I take back my comment. It's now the second okay. worst thing they ever made. 
Oh, now that we got that out of the way. Now that so, we got our Falcon and Winter Soldier talk out of the way. Movies would not exist under communism, especially Marvel movies. The second part is probably true. Uh-huh. I do not think we would get many Marvel-style movies, but we would get a lot more movies and probably some pretty good ones. Yeah. Because well, I know what you're referring to. There was this mm-hmm. uh, tweet we looked at earlier where the person was just like, no one's given me a compelling argument as to why someone will work on a movie um, under communism. And the specific, for nothing in return. The specific words they used were, why would they work on someone else's movie for nothing in return? And there's some surprise to it, but the first tweet got me so mad because I'm, I'm like, well, first of all, under communism, movies, there'll be a lot of movies that are most likely made by collectives. You know, groups of people who are like, you know, we're the the film nuts and that's their name and they they all go under it they credit themselves for all the things they do um and then but there would also still be maybe individual you know directors and stuff because not everyone who works on a movie wants to be the director sure there's plenty of people who are probably you know editors and all this stuff who would like to direct as well and they would get that opportunity but there's some people who just like doing you know production design editing writing and, you know, don't necessarily want to do the directing part of it all. So, yeah, at the end of the day, I think people will be able to do the thing they liked um, on, a, on a movie that they hopefully believe in. And they just get to do it. And they wouldn't have to worry about the profit motive. They could be like, hey, I spent, you know, a couple months making this movie. It didn't turn out very well, but now I'm on to the next one. And, you know, and then and the collectives can just work together. And, yeah, I, there's no way that the art and movies would just stop happening. I don't, I don't understand this weird point of view that it, that people have to have their name up in lights for it to actually matter at the end of the day. I saw some people saying that, like, under, under uh, I'm going to say socialism, because communism is even more, under socialism, yeah. you wouldn't have, like, auteurs, you wouldn't have like, your Tarantinos uh, out here or whatever. And my argument would be like, let's just imagine. Let's do a thought experiment real quick. Let's say you have the skills to work on movies. Doesn't matter what particular field. You could be an editor or a colorist or a fucking who, film cinematographer. Doesn't matter, right? You live in a world where your basic needs are met, right? You get your food, your your housing, all that kind of stuff taken care of. Medical care is all that. And you you work on movies. That's your thing. You make films, whatever. You work on movies. And then one day. Fucking Hayao Miyazaki is like, do you want to come work on a movie I want to make? Are you turning a motherfucker down? Are you saying no, Mr. Miyazaki? I won't work on your fucking movie? Yeah. Like, no, of course you would. That's what I'm saying is like the individual auteurs and personalities can still rise because at the end of the day, there there will be people who probably just are better at the directing and writing, you know, side of it all. But the, the difference is people who like haven't done it or want to get their feet wet and might even realize they didn't want to do it in the first place will have an opportunity you won't even you don't have to worry it's like oh yeah we're making tarantino's movie this week and next week we're gonna make seth's movie and he's just gonna figure (laughs) out he does seth's gonna figure out he has no idea how to fucking make a movie because he's an idiot but he's gonna figure it out and it's gonna be good i mean i genuinely think that we would have more interesting films under under a different economic model and also they're okay they're at a point of like how would we get people to make epic Marvel movies? And I'm like, 
First of all, motherfucker, the USSR set the standard for epic films with war and peace, all right? Try to come at shit under capitalism when there was a profit, you know, involved making a fucking four and a half hour magnum opus film, okay? But also, it's just, it's such a limited point of view to think to yourself, like, these grand sweeping epic films are what defines cinema. No, you're buying into the bullshit Hollywood, we need summer tentpole films to fund everything else. Yeah. There's a different way that things could be done. And also, I'd maybe maybe stuff like Marvel specifically, I don't, I don't know how that would work because, you know, we wouldn't really have that kind of structure anymore. But big, dumb blockbusters, those would still exist. Right. People want to make big, dumb action movies. That's like yeah. fun. That's like where you get. That's where you can get a collective of people to just be like, let's just blow stuff up, you know. The Fast and the Furious movies would still exist under socialism. Yeah. Like Fast and Furious you. and Jackass would exist. <laughs> we could finally get some new Jackass members in here. We can rotate them out. Yeah, you know, give those guys a rest. The thing is, they're making a one more Jackass movie, and it's coming out very. They've already made it. It's coming out very soon, and I'm like, I mean, I think it's great. It's, it's like one of those relics from the mid-2000s that, like, you can't just explain to someone who doesn't understand it. They're just like, oh, they just get hurt, and it's fun. I'm like, yeah, it's really good. And they're like, okay. But I'm like, at this point, I'm like, I'm glad these guys are having their little swan song. But, you know, maybe maybe just get some new people to fuck themselves up. Why not? Yeah. <laughs> you know? Also, I just want to point out real quick that this person we're talking about that made this tweet, I will not say their name on the podcast, um, he's famous from a while back for making a point, making a, t- a post about how Seven Samurai is the reason why there are all these assholes about three-hour movies. Like, and I'm like, that's your takeaway from Seven Samurai that it's long. Oh, so this is just uh, a hot taker. They don't actually they, they have work, any real opinions. Films. They work. They work in movies and they have hot takes. Yes. Also, but they, they praise the shit out of uh, out of uh, Endgame. They're like, yes, this is the pinnacle of cinema. Yeah. Like, so you shit on, on, on Seven Samurai, but you like Endgame. Yeah. I'm like, if your takeaway from Seven Samurai is only its length, you don't need to be working in movies. I'm sorry. <laughs> you, that, I'm not saying I'm not saying there's like movies you have to like to you know work in film, but there's movies you have to understand and appreciate. Yeah. And Seven Samurai, anything by Akira Kurosawa, you you can't just you can't just write it off as its length and be like of all these like. And yeah, I heard people being like, it was like a weird thing with these like masculine filmmakers want to make three hour movies. And I'm like, no, I mean, I'm not going to sit here and say every three hour movie had its time warranted, but I'm going to say more, more often, um, most directors can know what to do with a runtime. Most good directors know what to do with their runtime. And Kurosawa was one of those guys. Yeah. Are you bored watching that movie? No, you're not. No, that movie. It, when I first watched, because I first watched it uh, a long time ago, and even I was kind of thrown off with that run time. I was like, okay, let me see. I might have to like take a break in the middle. And I, I felt like a breezy 90 minutes had gone by when the final fight happened. So I'm like, wait, what? Yeah. I'm at the end of the movie? That's crazy. Because he's a fucking good filmmaker. Yeah. He knows what the fuck he's doing. He's one of the only people out there who I'm like, whether you like the movie or not, you have to appreciate it. He's one of the only... Because like, there's a lot of people, I'm like, you know what? If you don't like Tarantino, if you don't like Scorsese or Leos Carox, whatever, I, it, whatever, it, it's fine. But this guy makes good movies. Yeah. By the way, so speaking of, uh, of masculinity, I yeah. want to talk real, real quick about uh, Why the Last Man, which is made into a TV show. Yeah. 
because I saw the, the, the incredible take on Twitter that uh, the, the, the theory behind this show is or, or comic or story is that women could not hold society together alone. And hilarious. Yeah. No, no, no. Because that's the thing. Is that's just the weirdest take ever. Because that's like thinking at like surface level. That's mm. just like, oh, there's no more men uh, and society isn't doing very well. Society isn't doing very well because 49% of the population is dead. And yeah. it's a 49% that allows them to reproduce. Yeah. So, yeah, that's a big deal. And, like, I, I think we talked with us the other day. The fact that a couple of months or maybe a year or so in, there's still, like, buildings and an army and a government means they're doing pretty damn good. Yeah. Because I'll tell you right now, all women disappear. <laughs> oh, my God. There would be... A war within five minutes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it would be 25 different wars happening all at once. I would probably be dead before I even knew that women disappeared. Yeah. That's how fast it would go down. Exactly. You'd walk outside to get the mail and you'd just get run over by Humvee. <laughs> I would die not knowing why it happened. Exactly. You'd be the guy at the beginning talking- of the movie. <laughs> right. Exactly. Because we were talking about how the show The Leftovers is very generous because in that show, 2% of the population just vanishes. Yeah. In that show, posits that the world does not immediately fall apart, which is what I think would probably happen, right? Yeah. Like but I we, said, I think if a significant amount of people, maybe close to a thousand people, it might even be less, but if that many people disappeared verifiably, like it's not like they're missing people, it's not like they've been murdered, you saw somebody... And the next second you didn't, they poofed in front of your eyes. All hell would break loose. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Seth, we we said this, that if tomorrow Dwayne The Rock Johnson is on Good Morning America and he vanishes into thin air and the next thing that happens is that David Blaine steps out on stage, the world will end. Yeah. There are 25 wars right there. Start. (laughs) It's... It is crazy. Like, like, here's the thing. I'm like, look how we handled COVID. Mm-hmm. A relatively, you know, compared to what we're seeing in these movies and television shows, a relatively, you know, I shouldn't say harmless, but less harmful than the grandiose stuff we see in this disease. That, you know, is, is no joke, but still is, mm-hmm. isn't, you know, as bad as these, these fictional things. Look how we handled that. Right. You think we could handle people disappearing get o- get over yourself there's no way if if the disease from contagion happened that kills a third of people it infects civilization will be over right now i think the contagion is the most optimistic movie in the world incredibly because, so uh, there's like a moment where it's like 136 days in and there are, and like i said there are still buildings and roads yeah. and people on them but uh-huh. you're crazy. You're absolutely... Soderbergh, you are a Disneyland-level optimist if you think <laughs> that is what would happen. It's Imagineer bullshit. Are you kidding me? We're really holding together with this disease. If it was any worse, we'd be fucked. Like, the Black Plague was kind of like the apocalypse for Europe. Like, it pretty much killed, like, so many... And it killed half the population. Like, a lot of people died. And it was a hellscape. And they lived in a world where you couldn't see it happening everywhere, all the time, in every place. Yeah. Instantaneously. So I don't know how you would handle that. I think we'd be fucked. Um, 
Yeah, that movie, that movie is so great because there's that scene where people like start rioting in front of the National Guard while getting food shooted to, and the National Guard shoots into the ground in the sky and it breaks it up. I'm like, no, sir. They would unload into that crowd. Yeah. There'd be so many there's dead people. There's a scene people. in the drug show where they just start, they just, they just get into like a murderous rampage to get this medicine that isn't even real. Yeah. yeah. Spoiler for the movie. Did you, did you <sighs> so that, I'll talk to you about The Suicide Squad. Oh, yes. We both watched it. It's a movie. You saw it in theaters, right? I saw it in a theater, yes. With a seven-year-old kid, two two seats over by me. Was there no reaction? Spoilers for Suicide Squad, everybody. Was there no reaction when Pete Davidson's face got caved in by a bullet from that? that I said, people? audibly, I was like, oh, shit. Yeah. Um. But yeah, the uh, kid and the parents just seemed to regular date the movies. And I'm like, okay, if that's how you want to do it. Um, they stayed the whole time. Stayed the whole time. Yeah. Wow. I mean, I guess I watched like Alien when I was a little but kid. I but... did it at home. I didn't go to a theater where I might have to inconvenience yeah. somebody else by my existence. Because if I got too squeamish or something, I have to walk out. I have to probably hear some people. Because I've been. We saw Django Unchained, where there was a baby yeah. in like the second row. Remember that? There's yeah, a baby in the second row that cried because of all the gunshots. And I'm like, guess what? Don't bring your baby to Django Unchained. I understand. Mm-hmm. Parenthood is a lot of work. Wait for fucking DVD. I'm sorry. Yeah. Or I guess now it'll be digital, but whatever. Seth, this is why all movies should come out in theaters and on demand on the day of. That way the parents can stay at home and watch it with their kids. And not yes. bother us theater people. Yes, but then movies would cease to exist. So, well, if we had a different a different system, I was like, they're saying the Suicide Squad is failing right now at the box office. Yeah, like what's succeeding at the box office right now? Jungle Cruise. Anyways, I just want to say Suicide Squad, uh, the Suicide Squad, yeah. was a big improvement over the first one. Clearly, yeah. very good. Uh, James Gunn's a good director. I liked that they made America the villain. And Viola Davis rules. Yeah, I agree on on all counts. Um, yeah, I thought it was fun. Good soundtrack. A lot of really good jokes. A re- incredibly funny scene with Harley Quinn. Maybe one of Margot Robbie's best best scenes as her. Um, so yeah, the the DC film franchise makes absolutely no sense anymore. But I guess they with this and Birds of Prey and the Snyder Cut, they're finally doing. Good stuff. Um, I had to throw Snyder Cut in there because, once again, mm. don't like it. Would watch more of it. Um, but those, better than most things I've seen. Yeah. yeah. With those things, they're showing some improvements. I think they're trying mm. to... Because I will say it is a test because for, for so long, we were like, oh, yeah, you can't really, like, make you can't, like, remake a movie or something because people will get confused, especially so soon. But then, like... Marvel was just like, no, we've made th- Sony and we, me and Sony, we made three Spider-Man at this point. No one cares. They'll just watch it. So I think DC was just like, well, we'll just make a new Suicide Squad. And we'll just add the word the in front of it mm-hmm. and people will see it and it'll be fine. And they're like, yeah, yeah, that actually works. That actually completely works. And it is technically a sequel, so. Yeah, te- very, te- it's, it's definitely a reboot, but they're disguising it as a sequel. It's so wild to me that they have Idris Elba in there playing Bloodsport when he's clearly just Deadshot. Like, he's just Deadshot again. They didn't want to replace Will Smith for some reason. Yeah. Uh, and the best move ever is that Jared Leto is not in the movie. That is yeah. one of the best things about this movie. 
Yeah, I'll say Margot Robbie, that scene you're talking about is incredible, and she's probably the closest thing they have to their own Robert Downey Jr., like an ambassador yeah. for the brand. Yeah. I think she's the definitely the RDJ of of the DC world. And yeah, I think she's she's getting to work with cool directors and they're gonna hopefully make some more cool movies because they better. They better better get get her paid. Do you think that her not ever having to be around Joss Whedon contributed to her being so enthusiastic about the films? It's possible because she didn't have to do any of the any of the, uh, the the shoots and reshoots for Justice League, and she completely avoided that man. So, yeah, very possible. Knowing we know now about Joss Whedon, so many things in his past make sense. Yeah, the fact that he might lose his wife's citizenship because he won't admit that his name isn't Joss is hilarious. It's Josh. Just say it. So Seth, before we go, I yep. want to ask you, what are you doing? What are you enjoying? What are you watching, playing, reading? What's going on? Still reading Stormlight Archive. Uh, Brandon Sanderson. I know me, me and you are both reading it. Mm-hmm. Um, it's great. Um, it's a, a definite page turner. And yeah. So I'm loving that, and then uh, I played that game Death's Door, which Ooh. is really good, um, and saw Suicide Squad, and I'm watching Jane the Virgin on Netflix, mm-hmm. and yeah, that's about it, about it for me. I'm just loving Stormlight, really. Yeah. Um, man, how about you? Recently, you know, finished the second Stormlight book, waiting for you to catch up. Yeah, because you read 600 pages a minute. <laughs> I can go pretty fast. Like today, I read I read two hundred pages of that of a book called that you recommended to me. Uh, I will shout out to you. Uh, recommended uh, called My Best Friend's Exorcism, which is a really nice eighties ish horror flick, but in a book form, set in Charleston, South Carolina, very yep. authentically set there. Yeah, and the author uh, is from Charleston, South Carolina. Um, Grady Hendrix. Uh, yeah, he's he's got a new book out that I want to read. I'm going to read pretty soon. Um, yeah, I think. Best Friends Exorcism was a really, really fun book. The guy has a, a definite um, style um, to really make you honestly feel like you're watching one of those like B-horror movies, and it's great. Yep. I, great book. I, I'm, I'm glad I discovered that one. And I discovered it because of a local bookstore that puts up recommendations on the shelves, which is nice. one of my favorite things. And as we're playing, I've been playing Jupiter Hell, which is um, like a Doom roguelike. Oh, you've been playing um, that? Is it good? It's fucking so good, dude. I oh, love it. I've heard about that game. I hear, it sounds right up my alley. <laughs> you would love it, dude. The aesthetic of it is sick, and the gameplay is fun. I've been just loving getting horribly murdered by demons. And uh, it has like a little system where it reads back to you all things that happen to you. You can like you can like definitely see where you took the wrong turn. It's a great little game. I, I recommend it to everybody. If you like roguelikes, anyways. Yeah. Oh, it looks so cool. I'm going to have to pick that it's up. It's fucking sick. Will Seth, is that an episode? I think it is. All right. Well, I am Smith. You can find me on Twitter at MCSurf. I'm Seth. You can find me on Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, Twitch, and Letterboxd at Part-Time Pretzel. Our art is done by Marcus Barkley, who is sometimes on the podcast. His name on Instagram is Mr.Beaches. Our theme song was done by Ben Powell. He has his own podcast called Southern Smackdown, where they talk about wrestling, and they're from the South. If that sounds interesting, go check it out. You can lead a horse water, but you can't even get under it. Fuck Charlie Kirk. We have stopped trying to solve our problems, and I'm not trying to outlive them. And from New Orleans to New York, that's the Elenio's Podcast, baby. We're out. Out. <laughs>